Welcome to the Living Life to the Full with the Diabetes Show, the show that teaches you how to enjoy life even though you're at risk of type 2 diabetes. Join Nazir Hussain as he shares his journey from living with diabetes to being medication and side effect free, even though he still has type 2 diabetes. Whether you've been diagnosed with the condition, know someone who has the condition, or want to know more about type 2 diabetes and how it may affect you, you will take away something from every show that will make a positive difference to your life. With the right lifestyle, you can become medication-free and live life to the full. You just need to know how. Welcome to Living Life to the Full with your Type 2 Diabetes show. My name is Nazir Hussain, and today I have a treat for you. A young man whom I met last June in Utrecht uh, at a uh, conference. Um, his name is Robert Van Der Walk. Did I say it right, Robert? That's right. Robert Van Der Walk. Uh, we uh, happened to be chatting uh, at this conference, and when Robert shared his story with me, I was most impressed. But I'm not going to go into detail and explain as to uh, what Robert's story is, uh, but it's an Im- impressive story. Please welcome Robert. Thank you very much uh, for having me, Nazir. It's a great pleasure uh, to be on the show with you. And yes, one of the things that that I was remembering from the event back in Utrecht, the Netherlands, was meeting you and uh, sharing our common passion for the sharing of knowledge and information to other people and um, why it is of such an importance to uh, provide this information so that people can make a well-based decision on how to improve the quality of their life in any any aspect of uh, of their life. And one of the things that we started chatting about back in June was diabetes. And well, we both have our own stories to to share uh, with others uh, on this topic. And what struck me was that you knew very much, really a lot on diabetes. And um, I felt very privileged to share my story as well with you. And um, as I am very privileged with you right now, that I can share my story. Basically, in short, I will not keep it too long, is that I was diagnosed with type 1, the incurable diabetes, um, just before I turned 8. And over the course of... I think it's about 12 years, um, I struggled with maintaining my blood sugars on a stable level. And especially with puberty, this was quite of a challenge. And what happened on one infamous Saturday morning, and I still remember that day as if it were yesterday, back in 2002, I woke up and nobody was at home. I was still living with my parents at that time. And I opened my eyes and literally my world was black. Now, the first thing that came to mind was I probably had one too many yesterday evening. Yesterday was a Friday night. We went to the pub. We had some fun. We had some drinks. I went home late. Maybe it wasn't such a good idea to drink that last one. So I decided to close my eyes again and to sleep it off. And a couple hours later, I woke up again and what happened when I opened my eyes for the second time was actually the most frightening moment because at that point I realized by seeing my world 
as still in one shade, the color black, that something severe was happening to my eyesight. And so I literally walked through the house like a zombie, my arms stretched in front of me and feeling, sensing, touching my environment in order not to trip or to fall down and to locate myself within the vicinities of the house in search of, first of all, the refrigerator, which was my main source um, so that I w was able to survive. Robert, are you saying, Robert, that you actually lost your eyesight? Yes, I did lose my eyesight. And as a matter of fact, I, um, I'm still um, with um, just a mere 3 or 4% of my eyesight. And uh, yeah, what... what this, is, this is news to me, Robert, because one of the things that uh, drew me to you was the stick that you're using uh, in order to walk from point A to point B. Yes. Point B. And I assumed from that that uh, there were some partial issues, but I didn't know any of this. Uh, ah. So um, this is uh, really surprising and, and new information. So you lost your eyesight. You found yourself walking in the house, uh, trying to make sense of your new world. Yes. Is that what it is? That's absolutely right, Nazir. What happened next? Well, what happened next was that um, the the situation uh, in which I found myself uh, was not quite um, um, opportunistic for me. I was dealing with the lack of eyesight on a Saturday, practically speaking, which meant that all the hospitals are closed. Um, How long ago did this happen, this the, particular episode that you're describing? This was back in 2002. As a matter of fact, this was August 16th, 2002. And it was a Saturday. And... Throughout the Saturday and the entire Sunday, I didn't phone anybody or any hospital. Just out of fear, I guess, out of being overwhelmed and stupefied by the fact that I just lost my eyesight. Were you living by yourself or you had other people in the house? There was nobody else in the house. I was living with my parents at that time still. Unfortunately for me and fortunately for them, uh, they were having a holiday in the southern part of France. And so they had no clue what was happening uh, back in the Netherlands. And uh, throughout the, the Saturday and Sunday, I, I struggled and I survived uh, with no eyesight. On Monday, I called the hospital and uh, explained... What did you do for, for food, for example? Well... How did you, how did you find um, your way back to the bedroom, for example? By feeling. Literally, imagine yourself... Uh, stretching your arms and your hands out like walking as a zombie. And this was literally what I was doing, feeling and touching and sensing my environment with my fingers, with my hands, and um, just basically having one thing on my mind. And that was having food and having water uh, to survive the, the Saturday and the Sunday. And um, um, just making making sure that this was my primary source of uh, of aid, and I did um, I did manage to do that. On Monday, I called the hospital, and the hospital said, "Well, we can help you out. Unfortunately, this will on be on Tuesday." So, can I, can I stop you there? For a of course. When um, you have no warning of any type that your eyes were about to go, no. Um, so you woke up one morning, 
and it was still night basically yeah i woke up one morning i woke up on the friday morning and there was everything that is normally there everything was routine the vision was there the eyesight was there everything was as it should be one day later 24 hours later everything was gone visually speaking so it must have been a huge shock to your system how how did you manage to live for the next uh, three or four days because uh, you're talking about Tuesday before you were able to get any kind of assistance so how did you live and manage uh, all by yourself uh, in the house I I was terrified I had no clue what to do and the only the only thing that was on my mind was to survive and um, I really was in a state of apathy, I would say. It, it was almost incomprehensible for me to understand what was going on. And it, it took me at least the, the Saturday and the Sunday to realize uh, on a practical level what had happened. Not to mention the emotional part. I mean, it took me years to, to deal with that part, to understand and, and to give uh, room for what 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 had happened and how to deal with the the emotional side of this um uh, of this event so when you went to the hospital on tuesday was it tuesday yes what did they do uh, to make a difference to your life well basically they told me a friend drove me to the hospital and um they told me that at nearly 20 year 21 years of age I had diabetical retinopathy and the only solution that they were giving me uh was uh, laser treatment as well as eye surgery Can I can I stop you there I myself am booked uh, to go for my eye screening. Mm-hmm. And in Bristol, the local clinics run an eye screening program whereby you go to the clinic and they dilate your eyes yes. and take a photograph. Mm-hmm. And I actually attend this clinic every January without fail. So, um, and one of the uh, side effects of uh, diabetes, whether it's type 1 or type 2, is that you will have uh, retinopathy to some extent depending on the fluctuating sugars that you've had. So did you not have any screening at all? No, um, I, haven't gain, I haven't been going to an eye doctor for a long time. And th- there was no, at that point, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about fifteen year, almost 15 years ago, and at that point, there was no consistency in the treatment uh, or in the uh, prevention of uh, diabetes on all levels. I mean, I did had um, uh, a doctor, uh, a doctor's visit every two or three months, and he would check up on me with the blood sugars and um, with the urine samples. And um, but we both knew that it was very hard to maintain my blood sugars at a stable level, and um, so he. I was informed about the risks a uh, long time ago. I mean, um, 
I was eight. I was nearly eight when I was diagnosed with type one diabetes, and this was almost twelve years later that I lost my eyesight. So uh, during that course, uh, during that period, there were so many changes happening, not only uh, mentally, emotionally, but as well physically. And um, yes, dealing with diabetes as a teenager is, on itself, is um, is challenging enough. Um, let alone um, understanding the the consequences or the the potential dangers if uh, diabetes is not treated uh, uh, properly. I mentioned briefly before we started uh, uh, this conversation and started started to record it uh, a, a friend, and this chap had uh, type two diabetes, but unbeknown to him, when he first went to the uh, doctor's surgery. He, uh, his kidneys were damaged beyond repair, and he was actually sent from the surgery to the local renal unit to start his dialysis. Mm-hmm. But the other side effect of having diabetes and and not not know that he had it, his eyes were damaged severely, and he needed a lot of um, uh, laser treatment. So you could really be unlucky and not know that you have diabetes. That's true. One of the things I did when I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes in 2002, there's a tendency for us to make light of it or even ignore all the advice, hoping that the thing will go away. Did you, did you have that yourself? Yes, um, especially in the in the first years of my uh, of my life uh, as a person living with diabetes, I was so young, and especially when I was a teenager, it was very challenging for me to um, to keep to the advice, to maintain the um, the proper lifestyle and the limitations as I was experiencing them upon living the the life of freedom directly or immediately. Um, that came along with the rules of diabetes, and yeah, that that in the end, I paid a high price for that. And um, yeah, I mean, I I I think that uh, some of the issues that I've had personally with diabetes were as a result of me not knowing. Yeah, and and okay, not knowing is a good excuse, but you still pay a price. Yes, and I think that. Uh, I remember feeling the symptoms as far back as 1983. And if I had any knowledge that I could be diabetic and these were the classic uh, symptoms, perhaps my life would be different. But I think to some extent we add to our problems because we don't know. And because we don't know, we can't take action. That is true to a certain extent. I, I do agree with that. And at the same time, I would also say that the quality of our life in any single area uh, within that life is the direct result of the degree to which we take responsibility for our life. It's very easy to say, I didn't know or um, I am not able to influence the situation, whether this is on a health level or on a financial level or on a relational level. At the same time, I, I even though I do confirm that we don't, we cannot, we are not able to influence the 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 event or the situation outside of ourselves. However, we are very much responsible in which way we respond to that event, and that determines eventually our outcome. 
Now, I do have to say as well that I paid the price for this. Not only am I visually challenged for the past 12 or 13 years, I have had uh, kidney dialysis for over two years, and I was very fortunate to have a double organ transplant. But all in all, there, the amount of responsibility that we have for our life and for the quality of our life is only and only in our own hands and not beyond that. So if we are daring and if we're willing to take that responsibility back into our own hands and say, what is it that I can do now to prevent myself from sliding even further down, whether it is with diabetes or with any other illness or situation, then and only then we can improve the quality of our life and to take action to make the, uh, the life that we're living and that we want to live better. So let me um, restate, you were diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at the age of 8 and at the age of 21 uh, you lost your eyesight. That's true. And uh, subsequently, lucky for you, you were able to find a donor and have a, a, a double transplant, uh, both your pancreas and your kidneys. That is true to, yes, in a, to a certain, well actually that is true. Um, just to, to sum it up, age 8, I was type, diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. Age 21, I lost my eyesight for over 95%. Uh, age 28, I had a kidney dialysis for about two and a half years, and I was 30 just this past um, uh, summer of 2012. I had a double organ transplant in which I was given an extra kidney and an extra pancreas that literally gave me a new life. How did that, uh, did that improve your eyesight? No, unfortunately it didn't. So just to confirm, when I saw you in Utrecht, it was June 2014. Yes. You came across as someone who had a normal life. The only visible part was the stick. Yes. Uh, which led me to conclude that your vision was impaired. I had no idea that it was damaged to the extent that you are describing. Like, uh, you only have about 5% vision. Yes. Yet, you led a normal life. You walked about. You were everywhere. Yes. How did you do that? This is actually the way I designed my life. Around the same time that I lost my eyesight, I started with personal development courses just to, to deal with the new situation as well as to deal with uh, old habits and old uh, experience from my life and by doing these trainings and seminars and listening to audios and enhancing and increasing um, myself in a personal as well as on many other levels um, I was able to uh, overcome the the physical not so much the physical limiting obstacles but the the mental and the psychological and the emotional limiting obstacles and this really changed my life as i said before we cannot change the event itself but we can only change and decide how we want to respond to the event and it's the way that we respond to the event that determines our outcome i'm really impressed i i'm really impressed with how you cope with this, this uh, limiting uh, disease i saw your new life post the organ transplantation and I really didn't know to the extent uh, your vision was um, damaged as a direct result of your diabetes. Um, so 
I I can't uh, believe that uh, uh, you went through all of that and and you actually design your life and you have an amazing life. That is true. Yeah, I, I can tell you in summary, I've had over. I think over 60 different treatments, operations, surgical procedures done upon my body um, throughout the past years. And um, that was very intense. I've been in a diabetical coma. I lost my eyesight. I had kidney dialysis. Um, I had a double organ transplant. There were so many things that, that I've been through. I once calculated how many needles I had inside my body throughout the past uh, decades and um, I think I calculated something over 35,000 needles in the past 20 years and that is amazing, that's really amazing and I'm, I'm not saying this to brag but it really shaped me in in a way that it got to give me the understanding that even though this is all happening, I still control the way I want to I want to perceive my body, my situation, and look for options and possibilities to uh, strengthen my situation within that within that moment. So whether or not you have diabetes type one or type two or um, uh, pre-diabetes, or there um, there is something else going on on a health area, um, I, I do would advise all of your listeners to to take the moment to to find uh, and and ask yourself the question what is it that i can do at this point to make the quality of my life better and maybe it's starting to exercise a little bit more maybe it's to stop eating in a certain way that's not um, supporting me maybe it's to exchange exchange a pint for a glass of water or for a cup of coffee or tea there are many, many ways that we can deal with uh, with diabetes um, that it doesn't have to limit to such an extent that we all have to experience the um, the, the the results or the the limiting factors from what it can do. Post your double transplant, what happened to your diabetes? My diabetes, um, after twenty two years of being a diabetic, was cured actually. So as of mm, the summer of 2012, I am no longer a diabetic. I no longer have to take insulin injections uh, to maintain my blood sugar. And um, I am completely a new man when it comes to, uh, to my physical fitness. How has uh, that changed you as a person? It changed me uh, tremendously. It, uh, I made the decision that this was a, a, a God-given gift and I wanted to treat it as such, which meant that I radically de- changed the way I was living. I was already doing that, uh, but I even uh, changed it in, uh, more uh, than what I was aiming for. Uh, to give more uh, specifics uh, in the explanation, I changed my diet. I changed my physical fitness uh, program. Uh, one of the things that, uh, that I uh, focused on was actually running a marathon, which, by the way, I did. I completed the New York Marathon just uh, last November of 2014. Uh, that is totally (laughs) I'm so impressed I am so impressed thank you I'm really let me congratulate you for uh, for curing your diabetes okay Uh, you had a bit of help but you've been cured and that is really an impressive result and given what you've done 
given all that you've suffered, to finally have your life back, it must be a, a you know, must be pure heaven. It is. It absolutely is. And and I consider every single day that I'm on this planet as a gift, and uh, therefore I am sharing my knowledge and experience with as many people as possible, just to to inspire them and to motivate them to get more out of their life and not to be the victim of circumstances, um, whatever the circumstances are. And, uh, and I do hope that by hearing this, this audio, many people, many of your listeners will go into their own situation and uh, not let it go to the extent of uh, physical limitations such as blindness or kidney dialysis or even uh, organ transplant because that is seriously that's not a road uh, or route that i suggest uh, them to take there's so much that we can do before it is too late and that there's no way back and uh, what advice do you have for listeners who may be uh, diabetic uh, my my listeners or my niche is type 2 diabetes because that is uh, what I have myself. Yes. Uh, what advice do you have uh, for for people uh, with it, a view to preempting the situation that you found yourself in? It is. It is. I mean, we all know this, but especially for for type 2 diabetes, this is uh, this is essential. We can do basically two things the first one change your diet and i wouldn't even say diet because the first three letters of diet means to die and that is not something that i would like to associate food with or having a diet with so essentially i would say change your lifestyle and you can go crazy you can be modest you can go into the extent that suits your life but go into your own life and find it uh, find out what it is that you're eating write it down for for a week or even for a month and 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 look it up what it is that uh, you're consuming because it's directly connected to what we are consuming that that gives us the results that we either want or that we don't want for me personally i changed uh from being uh, a meat eater a couple years ago to a uh, vegetarian and now I'm a vegan. I uh, combine raw food with uh, vegan food. I eat a lot of vegetables. I'm very limited on the fruit uh, because of fructose, which is the fruit sugars. I don't drink um, soda pops anymore. I'm very much an enthusiastic of alkaline water, which raises our pH level and which is able to, therefore, to detox our body from all the toxins that we get in. I like living food instead of food that's uh, not alive anymore. So pre-packaged food usually doesn't sustain us in, uh, in such a good way. And there are many, many other ways that even uh, uh, if we just look or Google um, how to increase the quality of our food or our lifestyle with food uh, that we can take to, uh, to benefit uh, the qualities of a good life, even if we have diabetes. And next to that, my number two uh, tip would be go at least for a 15 to 20 minute walk. Uh, every single day or maybe do some exercise three or four times a week it doesn't have to be radical that you have to be in in the gym for hours but 
30 to 45 minutes, two, three times a week, uh, whether that's at home doing uh, uh, the, the classical moves or going outside for a jog or a run or for a bike ride or even going to a gym and do some cardio uh, training. This all works and it increases the metabolism, increases the muscle, you will get even uh, fitter and slimmer and it definitely helps you with burning the calories that you need and as well stimulating the remaining function of your pancreas uh, which is responsible for the uh, hormone insulin that it uh, that it produces to uh, to combine with the amounts of sugar that you're uh, that you're getting into your body so these two things definitely have a huge impact and um, it it really it really makes a difference, especially if you make this into your lifestyle and not so much as into a goal that you want to achieve uh, within the next four weeks or in the next four months. Just make it your lifestyle and, and um, be happy with it. And that's why I mean, you don't have to uh, go uh, all the way. You don't have to be a radical and say, "Well, I will eat. I will never eat any meat uh, anymore, or I will never drink a, a glass of wine." anymore this is completely to your own choice and um, if it's if it suits you if you if it makes you happy to uh, to occasionally drink a glass of wine or uh, drink a pint then do so I mean life is to be uh, lived fully to enjoy it fully and if this is something that supports you into enjoying your life great then do that but be modest with the facts that with the with the nutrients and the and the resources that you use that you know are not the best for your body and try to balance it out i uh, agree wholeheartedly with optimizing your food eating fresh food and making sure that it's the highest quality because uh you want to put the best things in your body yes uh, and so so it stands to reason to uh, improve the quality of the food that you eat one of the biggest problems with type 2 diabetes is that it lays dormant, undetected, undiagnosed for up to 10 years. Yep. In my particular case, I cited 19, 1983 as, as a point when I felt the symptoms, but I believe that I had it longer than that. So uh, I can safely say that for 20 years, my type 2 diabetes remained undetected. Lucky for me, there was no organ damage. And so to help people with type 2 diabetes or the people who are at risk of uh, developing type 2 diabetes, I have always tried to preach that they should go and get themselves checked regularly. Whether it's blood works every six months, whether it's eye screening every six months or both, I encourage people the, the ones who are at risk, and the risk groups are people who who have a, a family member with uh, type two diabetes, or who are perhaps overweight. Yep. I encourage them to go and have themselves checked regularly. Yes. And and, and use that uh, to to actually make sure that uh, if there is any sign of diabetes, and you know there are there are stages you could be borderline diabetic or you could be pre-diabetic and and at that uh, you know at these stages you know your medical pro professional can advise you as to eye screening as to uh, perhaps changing your diet perhaps adding exercise to your routine yes one big issue i had uh, i still have with uh, uh, 
people with type 2 diabetes, the ones who've been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, the ones who are on medication. The hard and the challenge is this, that if you are uh, listening to this podcast, for example, and you start making changes to your diet, then the one side effect that uh, bothers me and will continue to bother me is this, that if you improve the quality of your diet and you're still on medication, then you run the risk of perhaps uh, uh, having an episode where your sugar goes too low. Yes. So, um, and it's a difficult one, and I, I, I have never actually uh, been able to say to people, do X, Y, Z, because if you, as per your recommendations, change your diet and continue to have eight tablets a day, you may not be helping yourself. Mm. So, so from that standpoint, I said to people, look, you need to find an expert or a tried and tested method yep. and follow that and, and get support. So I, instead of uh, giving them advice that may be detrimental to, to their health, I refer them to my program and say, look, go and uh, have a look, have a read, ask me questions, but follow a tried and tested method to restore your health back to you. And on the point of eyes, when I made changes, lifestyle changes, and I did my program uh, under the supervision of an expert who is, a, who is a professor of medicine, Professor Charles Clark, and his specialist area uh, is diabetes and glaucoma. Yeah. And I wanted him to check uh, my eyes, and, and his, his uh, other specialism is uh, ophthalmology. And uh, he deferred that for about six weeks. And because I made the changes, over those six weeks, my eyesight started to improve. So, so uh, that's a, a really new information to me because I had not known this. So um, there are things you can do um, that will uh, give you your eyesight back. My eyesight continues to improve, would you believe, Robert? And, and, and I thank God and I thank um, the, the, the powers that be for, ha- for giving me the ability to go and search for answers and to apply information and to change my life. Yes. And I would encourage everybody to go and find somebody, uh, an expert, and, and work really hard to actually understand your condition, understand your body. And then you can take matters into your own hand. Uh, for type 2 diabetes, lifestyle change is a must. Absolutely. And any change where you are, you know, leaving one set of uh, things that you took for granted for another one, you really need to practice that to get it. Yes, that's true. Uh, so I have to say that your story impressed me no end, and I'm, I'm sure that uh, my listeners will use it and take away some really good bits, some tips that you've shared. Uh, what are your final thoughts uh, and advice for the diabetic community? The first one I would say is always remain responsible for the outcome that you're living at this point, which means that it's very easy to become the victim and say, well, this happened to me and I cannot do anything about it and therefore stay in the same position. 
um, for a long time. My one of one of the things that that really helped me was, as I said, the personal development trajectory that I went in to discover my the power within my own potential and to say, okay, I no longer want to live this uh, quality or lack of quality within my life. I want to have a better quality, and let's find the professionals and the experts that can help me get to that level in which I can enjoy the quality of my life that I wish to live. So if we have diabetes, if you're listening right now and if you have diabetes, then don't just sit on the couch and think, okay, this is something that I have to live with for the rest of my life and there's nothing that I can do and uh, my world will uh, limit uh, my, my possibilities and my options. Instead, Diabetes is at this point a given. It's a fact, and keep re- keep looking and keep searching for options and uh, solutions that uh, expand your world, that even make it easier to live with diabetes, or may as well even um, uh, lift the whole blanket of diabetes within your life. And always look for options and look for possibilities to uh, to make the quality of your life better. Secondly. I would say enjoy life as much as you can. Even though you have diabetes, it doesn't mean that you uh, lost the quality of your life. And by living a, uh, an joyful life and sharing it with, uh, with the friends and family that are important to you, dealing with diabetes is definitely not the main factor anymore in, uh, in your life, or at least it doesn't have to be. Uh, there are so many things that I did for my own life. I walked the pilgrimage of 600 miles in 2009, just before kidney dialysis. Um, last year, as I mentioned, I ran the New York Marathon, and uh, I never, never decided to give up on my dreams and to say, okay, I have diabetes, or I have kidney dialysis, or I have lack of eyesight, and therefore I cannot um, do X, Y, and Z. I always said, what is within my reach, what is within my possibilities and what is within my potential to to enjoy life to the fullest. And even though I was, uh, I was challenged with uh, some um, physical challenges, uh, I, I, I always said that um, I want to go for uh, what is giving me more joy, more pleasure and more growth. Well, couple of things I want to add, Robert. Thank you so much uh, for your time. According to the statistics, 90% of all diagnoses uh, are for type 2 diabetes. Uh, Robert's uh, uh, condition was type 1 diabetes. And I'm really impressed that uh, uh, he's been able to come out of his uh, difficulties. And he has a brand new life. He's doing a lot of stuff. I met him at an um, at an event uh, potentially to do business. He was there, so he's taken matters into his own hands. So I hope that uh, you know you've learned something from Robert's story. I hope that uh, you take action and uh, make sure that you don't find yourself uh, uh, with compromised vision. Uh, because now you have this information and you can take uh, corrective action early and save yourself a lot of bother. And 
Roberts, thank you so much for joining me on this show. I have to uh, thank you for a number of things. Uh, when I created my resource because I wanted to share it with the rest of the world, I actually called it CureYourType2Diabetes.com and everybody who heard it was up in arms about me using the word cure because it was incurable. Well, you've just proven to me that um, uh, your type 1 diabetes has been cured. Yeah. So uh, it is not impossible uh, to cure this condition, I think. And uh, my, my reasoning for doing that was that that is the end goal. That is what I wanted. Yes. I wanted to cure and eradicate my condition once and for all. So I started with the end in mind. And, uh, and I hope that, uh, you know, this interview serves to uh, convey information that uh, is, is, is rare. I, I, I have not come across uh, uh, an individual like you, Robert. And uh, in fact, you are the first person I ever interviewed as part of this podcasting program. And I'm most grateful to you for joining, for sharing your story and for giving all the tips that you have done. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me, Nazir. It's been a great privilege and a great pleasure. The Living Life to the Full with Type 2 Diabetes Show. Change your lifestyle and become medication-free with Nazir Hussain at nazirsway.com. Anything is possible. You just need to know how. Join Nazir next time he's on the air and find out more.